This is a production of the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network. Welcome to the Homeschooling with Technology show. Your host, Meryl Vandermerva, loves using technology to streamline her life and to make lessons more engaging. She is a graduated homeschool mom and teaches homeschoolers at her local co-op classes and online at fundafundaacademy.com. Whether you are tech-challenged or someone who loves technology, this show is for you. And here's your host, Meryl Vandermerva. Hello and welcome to the Homeschooling with Technology podcast. This is your host Meryl Vandermeuver and today in episode 55 we are going to be looking at how much screen time for your children. Now you probably are hoping that I am going to be giving you an exact answer but of course I am not. I can't do that. Your family is different to my family and each child is different and you have to take all that into account. But what I can do is give you some thoughts so that when you and your spouse sit down to discuss this, you you can think about some of these points that I'm going to bring up now. Hopefully you listened to my last podcast episode. If you didn't, perhaps stop now and go back and listen first to that one because I talk about the children that you are bringing up the digital natives in your house and how that does change homeschooling and in fact parenting. This generation has also been called Gen Z. They are the ones who have always known technology to be part of their world, who are used to smartphones. And this does pose a lot of problems for us. Now, my children, most of them, uh, were not actual Gen Zers. I homeschooled a while ago now and the older ones only got cell phones when they were teens. Now although you may not be giving your cell phones to your children until they're older teens, your kids will be used to using yours. Whereas when mine were younger I did not have a smartphone. So a lot of the problems that are coming in that you're having to deal with weren't always in my world. And in a way, I think you do actually have it a little easier because you know now what there is and you can stop and try and work through it. For me, I was living through the slow evolution to life becoming more and more online. And it's difficult when you're living through something to actually always work out an appropriate response. So I think you do have the chance now to sit down if you haven't already and think about this question about how much screen time. Now, I think the one big thing you need to look for in your decision as to how much screen time for your children is balance. My dad always said that balance is one of the hardest things in life to achieve. But you know, to have a simple analogy, if you walk past a candy store every day on the way to whatever it is, something that you do regularly, you wouldn't probably go into the candy store every single time you walk past it. But likely every now and again, you would take your children in. When they got in there, you wouldn't just let them loose and let them just have whatever they wanted. But you would in some way limit it. You would limit it by money, by the amount of time they could spend in there, by the number of items, whatever it is. And it's the same thing when we're looking at every different part of our lives. That We need to look and see that even a good thing is always a limit to how much of that good thing is good and that you need to stop and think through exactly the best way to go about looking for that balance. 
So here are just in no particular order a number of things that I thought about that you need to consider when you're thinking through this idea of how much screen time. The first thing you need to just look at the fact that screens we know aren't always good for us, just looking at a screen for a long time. And not just to screens in general, but also screens at night time. I'm going to be linking to uh, a few articles as uh, I go through and I'll talk about different things. So do go to the show notes, homeschoolingwithtechnology.com and go look for episode 55 to actually go and read some of these um, things that I'm going to be referencing. And uh, Techie Homeschool Mom, Beth Napoli, if you haven't already looked at her website, do go and have a look. She has written quite a lot on the topic of technology and how much is good for kids and how we should go about it. And she has an, uh, a blog post on how nighttime screen use affects your kids. Basically, um, the research shows that it's a good idea to start limiting that between two to three hours before bedtime because of um, the light that the screens give off or to use the special nighttime settings at least, but preferably nothing at all. But if they are going to, your kids are going to be using it at night, it does affect the quality of one's sleep, having all that, um, the regular computer screens. So do look into getting them to switch it on to nighttime mode and stopping a while before bedtime. Of course, we also have the problem that using computers a lot is a very sedentary thing to do. I know, that's my life. It's online and I have to really program in exercise breaks for myself and get up and do some housework and walk out and uh, walk down to the post to get the post, the mail and things like that. And it's the same thing. You need to be aware that if your children are on the computer a lot, even if it's doing good things, that they are missing out on just basic things like some exercise and they should be getting up and moving around and changing what they're doing every so often. I was listening to a podcast yesterday that referred to the Gen Zers as being the most anxious generation ever. And in fact, I saw that they also say that of millennials when I was looking to do a little research for this episode. The tech use isn't the only reason. There, there are other things that uh, play into this, but tech use does, does play into it. And obviously, it's uh, using a lot of technology can be isolating. It's, it can actually make people feel as if they are connected online with other people. And yet it's not quite the same as actually being in person, sitting across the table from somebody, enjoying meals together and going out and doing things together. Because you also have the negative effects of social media. You have um, teens particularly comparing themselves to other teens, um, wanting to be liked uh, putting just forward their best view of themselves on social media and on and on. And you know all these problems. So there is that that you need to take into account. And then, of course, there is tech addiction. It's a real thing. And not all your kids are going to be facing that. Some children just aren't that interested. And so it's not a problem. But you do need to start looking out for signs. I know my um, youngest daughter was babysitting a seven-year-old a couple months back. And she said that he was only allowed to be playing on um, his iPad for, I think, 30 minutes a day. She was told to limit him. But he really, really loved Roboblox. And he would play for the time that he was allowed to play. But she said then he would also want to go and watch other people playing. Now, look for these sort of tendencies in your kids. Are they becoming sort of obsessed? Now, I'm not saying he necessarily has tech addiction. I'm just saying 
she just, you know, was a teen, well, she's just the end of her teens, but herself but looking at this behavior and thinking "Ooh, maybe not such a good idea when you just get really wrapped up into something so it's often just a specific game or a specific youtube channel that you'll see that your kids just want to follow or just want to play all the time and uh, you need to just be very aware of this and um look for you know some way to help them if you do think this is becoming an issue so those are sort of some of the negative things about technology and things you do just have to be aware of. But then on the flip side, there are the positive things. Computer time does not have to be isolating. It can be, it can be social time. I remember my younger son when he was still at home a couple of years back. He would game sometimes at home, but he would particularly enjoy getting all his work finished and then going over to a nearby friend's house. And they would sit and game together and chat and eat and just hang out <coughs> and my youngest daughter likewise she has a switch um she's she's my 19 year old but she was here over the summer and she mentioned sort of in passing that she doesn't like to just sit and play on the switch alone because that's not really a lot of fun and in fact she encouraged me to go and buy a uh, an adventure game on the switch so she and i could play together and we did it was fun we would spend half an hour to an hour any night that she was home we would hang out decide what to do next and it was just a fun bonding experience together another thing about computers and spending time on the computer is that kids do need these skills because i teach online classes i do see on a fairly regular basis i'll see um parents enrolling the kids in my high school classes and the kids have no tech skills at all and what's happened is the moms have been really wanting their children not to lose out on a childhood and I get that and they want their kids to be kids and to be outside and running around and exploring nature and all that and I agree all those things are right but they have not let the kids be on computers at all then suddenly they get to high school and so many classes have an online component. If they do dual enrollment, they'll be having that as well. And suddenly I'll discover children who have no idea how to save a file on the computer. They just don't know simple terminology and they have never done basic things like make a little graphic or make a short video or anything. And they are at a severe disadvantage and many of them will end up dropping out of my classes just because they can't handle the technology. But somewhere before they get to college, they're going to have to learn it because when you're in college, everything gets submitted online. It's, it's a techie world and you have to be preparing your children for that. Uh, another thing is that Again, technology can actually be a way to interact with peers. And we noticed this again, particularly with my youngest daughter, that um, she would make appointments to meet up with people. That would how the planning would happen. It would all come online. That is how it's done. So if you limit your child so severely that they actually are not having time to just find out where's everybody meeting up this weekend, they could find themselves missing out on a lot just because they're not in the communication loop. And we realized that for teens, it is important for them to be able to text and Snapchat, whatever, so that they just know what's happening and they can go bowling with their friends and they can meet up at the mall or whatever it is because people aren't going to phone anymore. They're going to expect to be texting 
or using one of the other forms of communication. It's also, of course, a fun way to communicate with wider family. I know um, most teens these days and younger children will spend time with grandparents and aunts and uncles who are far away and actually do this online communication. And my last point is technology opens up a huge world to your children. Be able to get online and perhaps go view a webcam and watch an eagle's nest for over a couple of weeks. Being able to actually uh, experience what a refugee camp could be like by using um, uh, Google Cardboard and going in to an because there's a very cool experience where they can do that. They can be part of a refugee camp and actually use some visual reality to learn about how other people might be living. It also just gives them the opportunity to find often free classes and YouTube videos to teach them how to do everything from knitting to plumbing to cooking. Um, I've watched my daughter find recipes and then make them. They can learn so many things and there's just a world of opportunity out there that was never there for us. You know, we were limited to the physical library. Now you have a vast, through overdrive, a vast range of books that they can get at the top of a button on their Kindle or on their iPads. So, you know, I had to wait till my mom took me to the library or as I was older, I, I, did, I was able to cycle down there. But now it's really easy to get those things. You know, you can... Um, you you can just do so many things and I'm, I'm looking at for instance how my science olympia team as i was thinking about this how um my science olympia team has used technology and one of the things is we tell parents as they join our science olympia team that they're going to have to be sure that the kids get an email address and that they are allowed to get online because that's how the coaching happens and although we're a homeschool team and we have very few resources we don't have a lot of money we don't have a lab we have still been able to four times now in the past, in fact, back to back the last two years, won our state championship. I'm, I'm the coach of, of, well, one of the coaches of the team. And we have so competed at nationals, even though we're up against schools, which have all the equipment and real science teachers. How do we do this? Well, first of all, we have this whole world of knowledge that we can access. So we can get full physics textbooks and anatomy textbooks etc online free we can find great youtube videos and um, interactive resources for them to actually learn we can communicate using slack which is a great online tool we post assignments for the students using trello got a whole episode on that if you don't know what that is when the students actually can take in they can often take in binders or what we call cheat sheets just sheets with like formulas and things on it they can use Google Sheets, um, Google Slides, Google Docs to make all these things uh, and work collaboratively with their partners because in Science Olympiad you all have uh, partners with, that you're working with because it makes it so easy to, even if we're not meeting, we do meet when we can once a week, but sometimes the partners won't meet at all and yet they'll still be able to function really well because they've been able to interact online. We've also discovered that the children can't meet when we can meet with them as coaches, we can coach them online through Zoom. All of this could not be possible without technology. So where are we at? Well, it's something that you need to figure out for your kids, for your family. What I would suggest is, first of all, that you have many activities in your children's lives that have nothing to do with technology. My kids couldn't spend too much time on tech because they were so busy with 4-H. They were busy with um, the boys played baseball and basketball. 
girls did some ice skating. My youngest one then climbed. Um, then I know, you know, uh, my children also were just very involved in community service, which took them out. Um, they were going to church youth group events. All of these things took time, and that time was away from their technology. They went on camps. Uh, whatever your kids are doing, make sure you have activities like that where they are outside with other people doing other things, and that will limit the amount of time they can spend. The next thing I say to you is talk it over with them. Once you and your husband have decided a good plan of action, explain to your children what you're doing. Don't just lay down the law and expect them to follow. Let them understand this is for their good. Once you've decided, you can figure it out how you're going to actually limit it. You could put limits on your devices. For instance, you could, um, and I know you've got Circle and lots of other types of uh, software that you can use to say limit the number of hours a child can be on their device. You could um, also have specific computer time. So like in the family, nobody gets on the computer until five o'clock in the afternoon or after supper, after dinner, whatever. Or you could have specific times where nobody can be on devices. You know, obviously meal times would be a good idea, but you could also just say from this hour to this hour, you can do anything you want, but you can't be near your computers. I know all these things when you're starting to like actually watch the time can get more stressful and difficult and annoying to everybody involved. And so I'm going to suggest you go and take a look again at Techie Homeschool Mom. And she has an article on how much screen time screen time for kids. And in that one, she links to another article where she um, blog post, she breaks it down even more. And she has come up with a plan for her own family that they are allowed unlimited computer time. Now you might go, whoa, 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 but I thought you said balance. Yes, what? She doesn't just mean complete unlimited computer time. It's unlimited productive time. If they are being creators instead of just consumers, they can have as much time as they want. She does limit their consumption time. So you can decide you can only have so much YouTube, TV, computer games, etc. But for the rest of that, she says, if they're going to be coding, if they're going to be learning something, if they're going to be creating graphics, making a website, she lets them spend as much time as they want. But I know, because I follow her on social media, etc., that her children are very involved in lots of different things. So just as I said, it's not like her children could possibly spend uh, 12 hours on the computer because they, they also do 4-H, I remember that, and they're also involved in sports and doing things around the house, etc. So they are out and about, and there isn't a way that they would be able to just spend hours and hours. And so this is a way that she's done away with the struggle. The kids, when they're on the computer, are most of the time doing something useful, and it's just less of a battle. So do take a look at her idea. I think it's great. Oh, another thing you could also do is, you know, um, that you could say that computer time, productive or otherwise, could only come after your children have finished all their schoolwork for the day or all their chores for the day or both. I hope that this has given you some food for thought and that you will be able to now have some idea as you sit down and start to figure this out for your family. And remember, you don't have to do it once and just leave it like that. You can make a decision now and see how it goes from now until the end of the year and then revisit it in January and perhaps revisit it in January every year. Maybe these different rules that you have for the summer and for the school year. Whatever it is, try and get that balance to let your kids be able to make 
great use of all the technology, learn to be very familiar with it, but not to get addicted and to spend plenty of time doing other good things that are good for their mental health as well as everything else. So that's it for now. I do I encourage you to go over and um, visit our sponsor, fundafundacademy.com. Go and take a look at some of their online classes because, yes, it's technology again. But um, take a look and see, particularly at this time of the year, if you've got uh, fourth through eighth graders and you're wanting to add a little something extra in, go look at their web-based unit studies, which are fun, and there are also some offline activities in some of those. But uh, thanks again for listening. I hope it was useful and we'll see you again next week. Same time, same place. Thanks for tuning in to Homeschooling with Technology with Meryl Vandermerva. Visit her at fundafundaacademy.com and homeschoolingwithtechnology.com. Homeschooling with Technology is a production of the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network.